Have you guys ever lost your self-control? Think about that for a second. And in that moment, what is it or what was it that was in your control that you couldn't control? Because mind you, there are things within our control and out of our control. Ponder that for a second. And I'm going to go ahead and pray. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you for blessing me with the word for this episode. Lord, you have brought us through a long journey. Days and weeks of just, you know, focusing and putting in the work and just yielding to your will and your wishes, Lord, and just submitting, more so submitting than anything, God, because at the end of the day, you know best. And what we think and know and feel is best for us could never and won't ever be as good as what you have for us. Dear Heavenly Father, as I go ahead and drop the word for self-control, Lord, I pray that you bless us. You bless our ears and our hearts and our minds. You give us the understanding that we need. You bless us with everything that pertains to self-control. Keep us in alignment with your will. Bless us. Be with us as you always are, and forgive us. Forgive us what we do knowingly and the things we do unknowingly. In Jesus' name, amen. Y'all, so, have you ever lost your self-control? Because when it comes to the things that we can control, because the only things we can really control are ourselves. And before we dive into the things that we can't control, let's talk about the things we can't control. We can't control what other people do or say or think. We can't control the past or the future. We can't control the things that happen around us. We can't control how other people cater to themselves. And we most certainly can't control the outcome of our efforts, the things that we do. Now, with that, let's just say you can put in all the work, right? Mercy, let's use this example. In a work environment. You and your co-worker, you have you have your coworkers. Everybody's doing what they do. Now let's just say you're one of those people that put in like mad time, mad work, like you're always doing your best every time. You're always aiming to do your best every time. You're always working towards doing your best every time. And then the next person at your job gets promoted. You look and you just like, you wonder, you're like, yo, 
I mean, granted, you don't feel a way about it because, you know, good things always happen. And it just means that when good things don't happen to us, that better will happen. Not in comparison to whatever it was, but compared to the good thing that we were expecting, when that doesn't happen, better happens. And so, you know, somebody might decide to speak with their manager and be like, or whoever's in charge, the boss in charge or whatever, and be like, hey, um, I mean, I understand that there are different criteria. Nonetheless, though, I thought I did the things that were required of me and I did above the things required of me. So what's up? Like, how come I didn't get promoted? Why didn't I get promoted? And what could I have done better to, you know, have gotten promoted? And it's just like, with that in mind, that's an example of how you can't control the outcome of your efforts because you did all that work. You put in all that time. And not that it was for nothing because the people that you cater to, the customers, the clientele, and everything, they have been so seriously blessed by your service, right? It's just whoever was in charge couldn't see that you are a blessing. And that's all right. Because not everybody sees your worth. And even and even when they do see your worth, sometimes people will try to clamor on that kind of spill over that and cover that up and make you feel like you don't have your worth you're not worth what you're worth but you know God knows your worth and he tells us our worth and to him we're so precious and it says in his word that we are fearfully and wonderfully made mind you we're made in the image of God so it's like If there's nobody in this life that knows or sees your worth, the almighty creator deems you perfection. Keep that in mind. Now, as far as the things within our control, right? We control the things that we say and the things that we think. Mind you, the Bible tells us to bring every thought captive under Christ. Meaning we're to to hold every thought captive and submit it to Christ, right? What that means is there are thoughts that aren't our own sometimes. And when you submit your thoughts to Christ what then happens is that the things that are not of him the thoughts that are not of him are extracted and yes it might take some time nonetheless though the work is being done and there's a thing that I learned in a class that I had attended one time and it showed how a lot of the things that we do start first in our mind. So it starts with the thought 
And when if you discard the thought, you're, you won't act, right? Now, the times that you hear, oh, people do things without thinking is when it's already been ingrained and become a habit for them, right? And when things are habitual, it just means that we already know, like, we just do it because at this point, it's a habit. It's not something you end up thinking about for, like, two, three minutes. No. And another thing is that we control our boundaries. Now, when you set boundaries, which I've had a very hard time doing in the past, and I kid you not, when I started setting boundaries and enforcing them, I literally felt so terrible. I felt so bad because I felt like I was hurting the other person. Nonetheless, though, it's like, is it better for me to be hurt or for them to be hurt? And when people respect your boundaries, it means that they want to be in your life. And if they don't want to be in your life, they're going to disrespect your boundaries. You're going to feel disrespected every time. And it shows that they don't care or respect you. For example, right? One of my boundaries is that don't call me after 8.30 p.m. Unless it is a crisis. Like, you're in a state of emergency and I can actively help. Right? And that includes just listening as well because sometimes when our minds get really crowded and heavy, like, Sometimes people don't know who they can call. So, yeah. And I've had situations like that. Hence why, you know, I'm available for that. Nonetheless, though, like, if I were to receive a call after 8.30 and it's from a friend or, like, family or something, because it's this thing, right? If you call me twice or three times with text in between or a text to follow up then I know it's an emergency or if you hit me up before you if you text me before you call me like hey I need to talk and then you call me then you know I'm gonna pick up because a lot of the times what happens is I get a text and to let me know that you know I'm about to be on the phone and that's what it is because sometimes I not good with responding to text messages like I'm not as as I'm not as good as I would like to be and I'm not as good as I used to be um before I would respond on a dime and if I was busy you know then I'd respond after I was done whatever whatever and now I've gotten to a space where I don't really enjoy, te- I don't enjoy texting and it's not something I like to do. So yeah, nonetheless though, it's better now. Um, And also because 
the way my routine was set up in order to get at least enough rest to be functional the next day I had to be asleep between anywhere from 8 to 10 p.m I had to be like getting ready to go to bed or in bed because if I don't go to sleep or rest within that time then it affects the hours of me waking up to you know spend time with God and everything because remember in the day treatment I would go to every day I got picked up as early as 6 a.m like 6 15 latest time so imagine so you can kind of just gauge when I wake up you know spend time with God then go get ready try to get something eat sometimes so I just making a quick smoothie which isn't even really quick for real be taking about like seven ish minutes just about right to get real blended in the smoothies be good oh my goodness they're so good Ugh. but yeah that's one of them right um and if i were to receive a call outside of that time i don't pick up because i'm very alert and if when my ringer goes off if my ringer is on at that point in time i'm not picking up and if my ringer is off and I wake up because the vibrations, I still don't pick up because why are you calling me at this time after I've already let you know? Why are you calling me to talk, to just chit chat? Girl, go, go to sleep, right? Go to sleep, go do some other work, do something. And the next day, my action plan would be to return the call or to send a message and let them know like I'm here or whatever and find out what it was about. And the reason I've come to the conclusion is that they literally, I end up being told that it was literally nothing important. They were just calling the call. <laughs> and which is sweet, which is sweet because sometimes people want to check up on you. But after you've stated your boundaries, that can be considered a violation. And when your boundaries are violated, you don't feel loved or cared for. Um, another one is we control what and who we give our energy to, right? And how we speak to ourselves and how we handle things and the goals we set. When it comes, I already spoke on the thoughts and the actions and the boundaries, right? The goals that we set, we can set goals that we feel or we are comfortable with. Nonetheless, I find it more than enough for me to set goals that like, I know for sure are attainable. And if somebody else were to see my goals, they, might con they would probably consider me an overachiever. And in my mind, I know it is doable. Because with God, everything is possible. With God, nothing is impossible, right? And that's why I, I enjoy working towards this goal, to, towards these goals. And I relish in it because I know I'm working with God at the forefront. You feel me? And it's not unattainable. 
like what um who and what we give our energy to this is an important thing because what and who you give your energy to can drain you or it can replenish you right when you give your energy and your time to the wrong people to people that just squander it right you end up feeling depleted and you feel like less energy you feel less bubbly um check this this is gonna sound weird but check this right one day at the program there's this one dude and as i'm sitting there right as we're sitting there he literally goes hazy can i get some energy and he puts out his hand and i'm just like in my mind i'm thinking dot 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 i guess like it's cool i don't be tripping so i just kind of just touch his hand a little bit and i let go after a good minute like 20 seconds because one of my boundaries is touch i don't appreciate being touched without consent if you were to if you wanted to talk to me and get my attention and you tapped me I'd have to let you be like please don't do that again don't ever do that again right and I don't give hugs without I don't let people hug me without my consent and that shows up as like for example my brother when there was a time that he was, he attempted to wake me up. When he came to wake me up, he tapped my ankle. And I kid you not, he almost got kicked in the face. That was just the reflex. Because till this day, I struggle with PTSD. And touch is one of the things that triggered me. And unfortunately... That's what it is. And fortunately, I'm healing from that because I saw improvement when the last time I saw my brother, after we were done talking before I left, I um, I stepped to give him a hug. At this point, his back was already turned to me going back inside. And I called. I was like, hey, so you're not going to hug me? And he was just like, bruh, all right, give me a hug. And so I hugged him. This is the first time ever since forever that I was the first and that, you know, I didn't have a guard up or that I felt comfortable enough in that space because touch is one of my triggers. Anywho, so now with the dude, like after that, right, after I let go, I just continued with the rest of the time that we were there. And mind you, this is a space where I have to be communicative, active, responsive, this, that, and the third. And it's not asking a lot of me. Although sometimes I would like to just be and not say anything. Just kind of listen and let everybody else go with what they got going on, what they're talking about. 
as opposed to, you know, being an active participant like, oh, I want to speak to or I have to speak to. It's not really my way of doing things. I like to listen and you feel me? And so with that in mind, I kid you guys not, at the end of it all, at the end of the day, when I went to sleep or like when I was getting ready to go to sleep, I felt so drained. I felt so sluggish. And I thought that it was from, you know, just the amount of interacting I had done during the day. Lo and behold, I had done something extra, which was that whole touch thing, right? And granted, it didn't hit me until I got back inside and I was ready to get some rest. So, and I knew I had done something different that day because... Comparing it to my other days, it wasn't like that. Now, another time is there was a situation and I went to go see somebody. And when I went to go see the person, before I left, they signaled for a hug. And I just let them, right? I just let it happen. And it was a little too long for my comfort. And so... Although in my mind, within my mind, I had my guard up. So it wasn't going to be anything. In my mind, I was just like, if this is an attempt to, you know, sap my energy a little bit, I'm blocking it off. I don't give this person permission to tap into my energy. And that's as simple as that. Mind you, God is my source. And what I try to do is to direct other people to my source you feel me so if you're having a problem and you come to me to pray for you i'll do it and i'll direct you and i'll be like hey you should try that too like you know pray over your situation as well that's not to say i'm not praying for you because i am i just want you to go to him too because he's not shunning you he loves you so What's the worst that could literally happen? It's literally the best thing that could happen to you. Literally, your worst day with God is better than your best days without him. Ever. And I can testify to that. I'm testifying to that. Because every day has been amazing for me. Especially on the days that I feel so tired because I've had days where I did not want to even get up and go anywhere. I just wanted to be. Nonetheless, though, he'll nudge me, get me out of bed, be like, hey, you got somewhere to be. I know you don't want to get up right now. I understand that. But I'm with you and we got to get going. You feel me? So, yeah. And when I do show up, I'm not just showing up for myself. I'm showing up in support of everybody else. And that's love. Now, how we speak to ourselves is important. Because the way you speak to yourself can literally boost you or cripple you. And we all have this irrational self in a critic, right? And 
I attributed that. It's the thing I said. I said the way we speak to ourselves a lot of the times while we were growing up is how the people that were around us spoke to us while we were growing up. And then we get into a state of consciousness and awareness that, hey, we shouldn't really be speaking to ourselves this way. Unless that's a thing you enjoy. Because I personally know that the way I speak to myself is different from how the people I've been surrounded by speak to me and spoke to me, right? And it's this thing that people say, they say, oh, if I don't pick on you, then I don't love you. And I get it to a point because at a point I thought that was an okay way to show love until I realized like, Sometimes the stuff be hurtful and I'm still laughing because, you know, that's my friend or that's my family. And obviously if they're saying this, they're not, they don't mean any harm. And I personally, I am a sensitive person. Words mean, mean something to me. Words mean something to me and actions do as well. It's just that when it, it gets to a point that when your words aren't in alignment with your actions then and it happens so consistently then I just don't take to the words anymore because it's like you're not really intentional about what you're saying to me right and because you're not intentional about what you're saying to me your actions are showing me otherwise and your actions are speaking more volume than your word and it's causing a dissonance for me and I don't like dissonance I don't like disharmony I enjoy balance and I don't like confusion and God is not a God of confusion you feel me so when God says something it will come to pass and a lot of times the devil will try to show up and you know create these different illusions that look like our reality to Have us doubt the things that God has said. Nonetheless, though, when we stand on the word of God, we get through. Because at the end of the day, there's nothing the devil can do about what God says and when he says. Because God's timing is (laughs) unaltered. It cannot be touched. You feel me? It cannot be touched. And God can decide to change when... You know, he wants to do things. Now, mind you, our timing and God's timing is not the same, and it won't ever be the same. Because when God says it's time for something, we may feel like we're not ready, but God says we're ready, and he's ready. So it's like, what you think you're not ready for? That's the devil trying to get you to doubt it. But then, when we want some things, we want them here, now, da-da-da, this, that, the third, and God is like, you're not ready for that. And then... Here's the devil trying to get you to be prideful, like, hey, I think I deserve this. You know, I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm ready. And then when you end up messing up, you know, some people end up seeing that they really might not have been ready. Nonetheless, though, it's what they wanted. And God is just like, God won't ever give you something that you're not ready for just so you can mess up. And when you do mess up, 
it's not to it's not so he can be like oh yeah i told you so no when god gives you something that you think you wanted and you do mess up it's for him to just be like i got you now let's try it my way because we're so hampered on having our way our way our way not realizing that our ways are not god's ways and our thoughts and god's thoughts are higher than our thoughts therefore like it's a lot of submitting that we gotta do and a lot of people don't like that and they think it's hard it's really not for me i enjoy it because god is love and i've done things that have gotten me in trouble so when god takes that wheel boy the relief is ultimate because all I have to do is listen, surrender, and move. Let God be God. And I've had a hard time doing that because I've had relationships in life. Not just romantic relationships, but I've had relationships in life that have impacted my relationship with God. And now... It's in such a place that I don't let anybody or anything impact my relationship with God or even come between it. Because you got to be crazy to think you could get me away from... <laughs> you got to be crazy to think you could get me away from Jesus on me, bro. That's the craziest thing ever. Nonetheless, though, the devil is forever going to try that because he's jealous and he's upset. That man is destined for eternal doom. And as far as God is concerned, God's will is that we all be saved and none of us perish. And the devil is mad about that. And he can stay mad. <laughs> because I'm not doing that. I'm not leaving God. I'm not going nowhere that God didn't send me. And I'm not doing anything that God wouldn't want me doing. And that God hasn't told me to do. Another thing is how we handle challenges. Now, when it comes to conflict, because that is something that we go through a lot, especially like we have conflict with ourselves even. So conflict is not a foreign concept. But the thing is, when it comes to conflict, we have to be calm and verbal, right? We have to keep in mind that what we need to do is look for the source of the conflict. And bring it to the forefront and tackle that. Not You're not tackling yourself. You're not tackling the person in it with you. You are both coming together as a unit and tackling the source of the conflict. The, and the situation, the problem, right? And coming up with a solution. And when it's just you... You take it to God. You bring it before God. Because his word says to cast our cares on him. Because he cares for us. And when we take our problems to God. Like he will take care of us. He will take care of it. And all will be well. 
literally that is supported with Psalms 55:22 and 1 Peter 5:7. He cares about us. He wants us to bring these things to him. And not and you guys can be like, "Oh, but isn't he an all-knowing God this and that and the third?" Granted, he is an all-knowing God, but when you're in a relationship with somebody, even if they do know the things you're going through, right? When you do tell them, it creates it creates like a depth of intimacy, it creates more intimacy, right? You're more intimate, you know, you're look you're like, hey, this and the third da, 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 because they have an inkling that there's something going on, and that's man. And God knows everything that's going on. Point blank, period. It's not an inkling. It's an it's a fact. And he wants us to bring it to him because that shows on our part we're willing to let him in and allow him to be God. And that is that has been terribly hard for me. And I don't know about you, but I just pray that it gets easier day by day. And I know and I trust that it will get easier because at the end of the day, the goal is to heal, grow and fully submit in my relationship with God. There's nothing I want more than his will for my life. Because the things that I be wanting and the things I think I need, child, I don't it doesn't it doesn't even it don't even be like that. So yeah. These are the things that we need to be mindful of. Our boundaries, our thoughts, our actions, our goals, what and who we give our energy to, how we speak to ourselves, and how we handle challenges. See, the way we speak with ourselves, right, that sets the tone. Because if you speak to yourself a certain way, and when you speak to yourself a certain way, and you step out there and somebody speaks a different way, you can be like, I don't feel comfortable with the way you speak to me. And they'll be like, now there are people that will hit you with, well, that's just how I talk. And there are people that be like, all right, how do I, how do we, how do we do this? You feel me? And the people that hit you with, that's just how I talk, are, aren't people that will be good for you. Because if you have to deal with that day in and day out, that gives you some type of internal conflict, right? And you're putting your relationship with them before yourself and you deserve to be free and to be loved wholly and wholeheartedly because God loves you that much. God won't ever speak to you a certain way that will hurt you, harm you, put you down or make you feel away. And if you do feel away, it's because there's something within you that you should be giving to God and that you need to correct because God is never wrong. <laughs> Mighty, like he isn't wrong. He is forever merciful. So he and he is slow to anger. That just goes to show you the extent how loving and gracious he is because we be quick boy we have tempers 
Like, yes, we may have long fuses or short fuses, but we have serious tempers. I can speak for myself. I know I do. Right? And I don't get angry about a lot of things. Nonetheless, though, when I do get angry, I I get angry. And the best thing for me to do in that moment is excuse myself. Because when I don't excuse myself, I may end up saying something that I genuinely don't mean to say because I'm not looking to hurt whoever it is. Nonetheless, though, that's why it says be angry and do not sin. And a lot of times what anger does is that it blinds us from truly seeing, right? And so, and that's messed up in different ways. Because there are things that you can say in a fit of anger and there are things that you can do in a fit of anger that can have a long-lasting impact. And that's not good because it wouldn't have been positive. But when you do take a moment and you go there, and the Bible tells us, it says to not let the sun set on our anger, right? And... um. And it says to have like con- contention resolved within what about three days, so yeah. And for me, I would not be sleeping with anger in my heart or on my mind because that just causes restlessness. Because now there's something on your mind that you need to get out, right? Because you're upset. Or that you just need to get out because of whatever the case may be. And again, like I said, you deserve that peace of mind. And for me, glory be to God. Like, I give it, I release it all and I give it to God. Be like, Jesus, I'm literally upset right now. Tell him why I'm upset. Tell him what I'm upset about. Tell him why I'm upset. And then, please take it from me. Bless me with a restful night. Be with me. And whoever else was in the scenario, I pray for them to just be with them. Bless them. Give them a peaceful night as well. And just... When we're to resolve it, let it all be in your timing and let us be, let us both be in a space where we can calmly resolve whatever it may be that caused the disruption, right? And mind you, the devil always, one thing the devil dislikes is when there's peace. And so he'll always try to find a way to have conflict brew and it could stem from something as simple as, a grammatical misunderstanding because we're all from different places we speak differently there are some words that mean different things that are the same words but they mean different things and with that in mind let's go ahead and close out dear heavenly father i thank you that you are in control and granted we have our free will and when we submit things to you and we let you be god in our lives We give you the control. And I just pray 
that we willingly submit to your will for us because you know best and you are a God of good. For you know the plans that you have for us, plans to prosper us, plans to bless us, plans that won't harm us, God. And I just pray that with every step that we take and with every thought that we have and the ones that are of you and the ones that are not of you, that we bring it captive and we submit it to you, Lord, because you will alter and you will take out what does not belong. And your will is what is best for us, Lord. And I just want to say that as your word in Jeremiah 29 11 says, that you have plans for peace and well-being, not for disaster, and to give us a future and hope that we f- are able to fully rest in that and put our trust in you, regardless of whatever it may look like and whatever we may think or feel. That counters that. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, you guys. We've come to the end of self-control. And I'll see you guys again on our next episode. Be safe, stay blessed, be a blessing, and watch God work wonders. Bye. Until next time, I love you and Jesus loves you more. Good night.